0: Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. I'm so glad you've chosen to join me today in my special reading place. To come into my cozy magic story corner, you will need two things. Ears ready to listen carefully... And your imagination, so that you'll be able to visualize the story as I read it to you. Today, I am so excited to be sharing with you some of the stories of Hans Christian Andersen. I'd like to tell you a little about him first. He was born in Denmark in 1805, he became a prolific writer, writing novels, dramas, and poetry but he was most famous for his fairy tales that became popular around the world. Although they were first published in 1835, the popularity of some of his fairy tales has lasted so long that some of you may have seen a play or a movie based on one of his stories. Although Anderson's stories can be enjoyed by children, most are written for adults as well. His fairy tales take on different meanings to different readers, and that's something that only a great poet can accomplish. So, listen carefully to see what meaning this story holds for you. The story I'm going to read to you now is one of Anderson's most popular tales. It's the story of The Ugly Duckling by Hans Christian Anderson. The country was very lovely just then, It was summer, the wheat was golden and the oats still green, the hay was stacked in the rich low meadows where the stork marched about on his long red legs. Round about the field and meadow lay great woods, in the midst of which were deep lakes. Yes, the country certainly was lovely. In the sunniest spot stood an old mansion surrounded by a deep moat and great dock leaves grew from the walls of the house right down to the water's edge. Some of them were so tall that a small child could stand upright under them. In among the leaves it was secluded, as in the depths of a forest, and there a duck was sitting on her nest. The little ducklings were just about to be hatched, but she was quite tired of sitting, for it had been a long, long time. At last, one egg after another began to crack. Cheep, cheep, they said. All the chicks had come to life and were poking their heads out. Quack, quack, said the duck. And then they all quacked their hardest and looked about on all sides among the green leaves. Their mother allowed them to look as much as they like, for green is good for the eyes. How big the world is, to be sure! "'said all the little ones. "'They certainly now had ever so much more room to move about "'than when they were inside their eggshells. "'Do you imagine this is the whole world?' said the mother. "'It stretches a long way on the other side of the garden, "'right into the parson's field, "'though I've never been as far as that. "'I suppose you're all here now.' "'She got up and looked about. "'No, I declare.' "'I've not got you all yet. "'The biggest egg is still there. "'How long is this going to take?' she said, and settled herself on the nest again. "'Well, how are you getting on?' said an old duck who had just come by to pay her a visit. "'This one egg is taking such a long time,' answered the sitting duck. "'The shell will not crack.' "'But now you must look at the others. "'They are the finest ducklings I have ever seen. "'They're all exactly like their father, the rascal, "'yet he never comes to see me. "'Let me look at the egg which won't crack,' said the old duck. "'You may be sure that is a turkey's egg. "'I was cheated like that once, "'and I had no end of trouble and worry with the creature's. "'for I may tell you that they are afraid of water. "'I simply could not get them into it. "'I quacked and snapped at them, but it did no good at all. "'Let me see the egg. "'Yes, it is a turkey's egg. "'You just have to leave it alone. "'Teach the other children to swim and just leave this one alone.' I will sit on it a little longer. I have sat so long already I may as well go until the midsummer fair comes round. Please yourself, said the old duck, and away she went. At last the big egg cracked. Cheep, cheep, said the duckling, and tumbled out. How big and ugly he was! The duck looked at him. This is a monstrous big "'Duckling,' she said. "'None of the others looked like that. "'Can he be a turkey chick? "'Well, we shall soon find that out. "'Into the water he shall go, "'if I have to kick him in myself.' Next day was gloriously fine, and the sun shone on all the green dock leaves. The mother duck, with her whole family, went down to the moat. Splash! Into the water she sprang. Quack, quack, she said, and one duckling plumped in after another. The water dashed over their heads, but they came up again and floated beautifully. Even the big, ugly gray ones swam about with them. "'No, that is no turkey,' she said. "'See how beautifully he uses his legs "'and how erect he holds himself. "'He is my own chick, after all, "'and not bad-looking when you come to look at him properly. "'Quack, quack!' "'Now come with me, and I will take you into the world and introduce you to the duckyard. But keep close to me all the time, so that no one will tread upon you. And beware of the cat. Now use your legs,' said she. "'Mind you quack properly, and bend your necks, so that the old duck over there will see that you respect her.' "'She is the grandest of us all. "'She has Spanish blood in her veins, "'and that accounts for her size. "'Quack, now, don't turn your toes in. "'A well-brought-up duckling keeps his legs wide apart, "'like father and mother. "'That's it. "'Now bend your necks and say quack.' "'They did as they were bid. "'But the other ducks around looked at them "'and said quite loud, "'Just look there. "'Now we are to have that tribe, "'just as if we were not enough of us already. "'Oh, dear! "'Look how ugly that duckling is. "'We won't stand for him.' "'And a duck flew at him at once "'and bit him in the neck. "'Let him be,' said the mother. "'He is doing no harm.' "'Very likely not,' said the biter. "'But he is so ungainly and odd that he must be whacked.' "'Those are handsome children that the mother has,' said the old duck. "'They will all be good-looking except this one. "'But he is not a good specimen. "'It's a pity you can't make him over again,' the older duck said to the mother." "'That can't be done,' said the mother duck. "'He's not handsome, but he's a thoroughly good creature, "'and he swims as beautifully as any of the others. "'I think I might venture even to add "'that I think he will improve as he goes on, "'or perhaps in time he may grow smaller.' "'And then she patted his neck and stroked him down. "'Besides, he's a drake,' said she.' "'so it doesn't matter so much. "'I believe he will be very strong, "'and I don't doubt at all "'that he will make his way in the world.' "'The other ducklings are very pretty,' said the old duck. "'Now make yourselves quite at home.' "'After that they felt quite at home.' but the poor duckling who had been the last one to come out of the shell and who was so ugly was bitten pushed about and made fun of both by the ducks and the hens he's too big they all said The poor duckling did not know which way to turn. He was in despair because he was so ugly and the butt of the whole barnyard. So the first day passed, and afterwards matters grew worse and worse. The poor duckling was chased and hustled by all of them. Even his brothers and sisters ill-used him. They were always saying, "'If only the cat would get a hold of you, you hideous object!' Even his mother said, "'I wish to goodness you were miles away.' The ducks bit him, the hens pecked him, and the girl who fed them kicked him aside. Then he ran off and flew right over the hedge, where the little birds flew up into the air in a fright. "'That is because I am so ugly.' "'thought the poor duckling, shutting his eyes. "'But he ran on all the same. "'Then he came to a great marsh where the wild ducks lived. "'He was so tired and miserable that he stayed there the whole night. "'In the morning the wild ducks flew up to inspect their new comrade.' "'What sort of creature are you?' they inquired, "'as the duckling turned from side to side "'and greeted them as well as he could. "'You are frightfully ugly,' said the wild ducks. "'But that doesn't matter to us, "'so long as you don't marry into our family.' "'Poor fellow! He had not thought of marriage. "'All he wanted was permission to lie among the rushes "'and drink a little of the marsh water.' Then there came a grand shooting party, and the sportsmen lay hidden around the marsh. Some even sat on the branches of the trees which overhung the water. The retrieving dogs wandered about in the swamp. Splash, splash— It was terribly alarming to the poor duckling. He twisted his head around to get it under his wing, and just at that moment a frightful big dog appeared close beside him. His tongue hung right out of his mouth and his eyes glared wickedly. He opened his great chasm of a mouth close to the duckling, showed his sharp teeth, and splash! went on without touching him. "'Oh!' "'Thank heaven!' sighed the duckling. "'I'm so ugly that even a dog won't bite me!' He hurried away from the marsh as fast as he could. He ran across the fields and the meadows, and there was such a wind that he had hard work to make his way." "'Towards night he reached a poor little cottage. "'It was such a miserable hovel that it couldn't make up, "'which way even to fall, and so it remained standing. "'The wind whistled so fiercely around the duckling "'that he had to sit on his tail to resist it, "'and it blew harder and harder.' Then he saw that the door had fallen off one of the hinges and hung so crookedly that he could creep into the house through the crack, and so he made his way into the room. An old woman lived there with her cat and her hen. The cat, whom she called Sonny, would arch his back, purr, and give off electric sparks if you stroked his fur the wrong way. The hen was quite tiny with short legs, and so she was called Cheeky Low Legs. She laid good eggs, and the old woman was as fond of her as if she had been her own child. In the morning, the strange duckling was discovered immediately, and the cat began to purr and the hen to cluck. What on earth is that? "'said the old woman, looking round. "'But her sight was not good, "'and she thought the duckling was a fat duck which had escaped. "'This is a wonderful find,' said she. "'Now I shall have duck's eggs. "'If only it's not a drake. "'We must wait and see about that.' "'So she took the duckling on trial for three weeks. "'But no eggs made their appearance.' The cat was master of this house, and the hen was its mistress. The duckling sat in the corner, nursing his ill humor. Then he began to think of the fresh air and the sunshine, and an uncontrollable longing seized him to float on the water. At last he couldn't help telling the hen about it. "'On earth possesses you,' she asked. "'You have nothing to do. "'That's why you get these freak ideas into your head. "'Lay some eggs or take a purring lesson, and you'll get over it.' "'But it's so delicious to float on the water,' said the duckling. "'It was so delicious to feel it rushing over your head when you dive to the bottom.' "'That would be a fine amusement,' said the hen. "'I think you've gone mad. "'Ask the cat about it. "'He's the wisest creature I know. "'Ask him if he's fond of floating on the water "'or diving under it. "'I say nothing about myself.' "'Ask our mistress herself, the old woman. "'There's no one in the world cleverer than she is. "'Do you suppose she has any desire to float on the water or to duck underneath it?' "'You don't understand me,' said the duckling. "'Well, if we don't, who should? "'You just set about laying some eggs or learn to purr or to emit sparks.' I think I'll go out into the wide world, said the duckling. Oh, by all means do, said the hen. So away went the duckling. He floated on the water and ducked underneath it, but he was looked at askance and was slighted by every living creature for his ugliness. Now autumn came, the leaves in the woods turned yellow and brown. The wind took hold of them, and they danced about. The sky looked very cold, and the clouds hung heavy with snow and hail. A raven stood on the fence and croaked, "'Caw! Caw!' from sheer cold. It made one shiver only to think of it. The poor duckling certainly was a bad case." One evening the sun was just setting in wintry splendor when a flock of beautiful large birds appeared out of the bushes— The duckling had never seen anything so beautiful. They were dazzlingly white with long, waving necks. They were swans, and uttering a peculiar cry, they spread out their magnificent broad wings and flew away from the cold regions to the warmer lands and open seas. They mounted so high, so very high, that the ugly little duckling became strangely uneasy. He circled round and round the water like a wheel, craning his neck up into the air after them. Then he uttered a shriek so piercing and so strange that he was quite frightened by it himself. "'Oh!' He could not forget those beautiful birds, those happy birds, and as soon as they were out of sight he ducked right down to the bottom, and when he came up again he was quite beside himself. He didn't know what the birds were or whither they flew, but all the time he was more drawn toward them than he'd ever been by any creature before. He did not envy them in the least. How could it occur to him even to wish to be such a marvel of beauty? He would have been thankful if only the ducks would have tolerated him among them, the poor, ugly creature. The winter was so bitterly cold that the duckling was obliged to swim about in the water to keep it from freezing over but every night the hole in which he swam got smaller and smaller. Then it froze so hard that the surface ice cracked, and the duckling had to use his legs all the time so that the ice would not freeze around him. At last he was so weary that he couldn't move no more, and he was frozen fast into the ice." "'Early in the morning, a peasant came along and saved him. "'He saw him, and he went out onto the ice "'and hammered a hole in it with his heavy wooden shoe "'and carried the duckling home to his wife.' There he soon revived. The children wanted to play with him, but the duckling thought they were going to ill-use him, and rushed in fright into the milk pan, and the milk spurted out all over the room. The woman shrieked and threw up her hands, then he flew into the butter cask, and down into the meal tub, and out again. Just imagine what he looked like by this time. The woman screamed and tried to hit him with the tongs. The children tumbled over one another in trying to catch him, and they screamed with laughter. By good luck the door stood open, and the duckling flew out among the bushes and the newly fallen snow, and he lay there thoroughly exhausted. But it would be too sad to mention all the problems and misery he had to go through during the hard winter. When the sun began to shine warmly again, the duckling was in the marsh, lying among the rushes. The larks were singing, and the beautiful spring had come. Then, all at once, he raised his wings, and they flapped with much greater strength than before, and bore him off vigorously. Before he knew where he was, he found himself in a large garden where the apple trees were in full blossom and the air was scented with lilacs, the long branches of which overhung the indented shores of the lake. Oh, the spring freshness was delicious! Just in front of him he saw three beautiful white swans advancing towards him from a thicket. With rustling feathers they swam lightly over the water. The duckling recognized the majestic birds, and he was overcome by a strange melancholy. I will fly to them, the royal birds, and they will hack me to pieces, because I, who am so ugly, venture to approach them. "'But it won't matter. Better to be killed by them than be snapped at by the ducks, pecked at by the hens, spurned by the henwife, or suffer so much misery in the winter.' So he flew into the water and swam towards the stately swans. They saw him and darted toward him with ruffled feathers. "'Kill me!' said the poor creature, and he bowed his head towards the water and awaited his death. But what did he see reflected in the transparent water? He saw below him his own image, but he was no longer a clumsy, dark, gray bird, ugly and ungainly; he was himself a swan. It does not matter in the least having been in the duckyard if only you could come out of a swan's egg. He felt quite glad of all the misery and tribulation he had gone through for he was the better able to appreciate the good fortune now and all the beauty that greeted him the big swans swam round and round him and stroked him with their bills Some little children came into the garden with corn and pieces of bread, which they threw into the water, and the smallest one cried out, "'There's a new one!' the other children shouted with joy, "'Yes, and a new one has come!' and they clapped their hands and danced about running after their father and mother. They threw the bread onto the water, and one and all said, The new one is the prettiest of them all. He's so young and handsome. And the old swans bent their heads and did homage before him. He felt quite shy and hid his head under his wing. He did not know what to think. He was very happy, but not at all proud, for a good heart never becomes proud. He thought of how he had been pursued and scorned, and now he heard them all say that he was the most beautiful of all beautiful birds. The lilacs bent their bows right down into the water before him, and the bright sun was warm and cheering. He rustled his feathers and raised his slender neck aloft, saying with exultation in his heart, I never dreamt of so much happiness when I was the ugly duckling. And that is the end of the story of The Ugly Duckling by Hans Christian Andersen. I hope you've enjoyed hearing this sad story with such a beautiful, wonderful, happy ending, thanks to the beauty of God's plan in nature that turned The Ugly Duckling into a beautiful swan. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, All things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Join me again in Aunt Blanche's Story Corner.